Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Let's praise the name. Come on, let's praise Jesus together. It's good to be in God's house. Amazing. What a wonderful time of year it is. Can you join me, North Location, as we greet the Plaza Location? We're linking live together. One big family of faith. Awesome. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, and I just want to take a moment to tell you I am thankful for you. I'm thankful that we get to live out this glorious mission of Jesus together. I'm thankful for all that God has done, all that God is doing, and I'm in expectation of all that He wants to do. Are you guys excited? Do you believe God's got something good for you? As we finish out this year, I truly believe God's going to do a finished work, something great in your life, in your family, and He's going to prepare you for a glorious future. Something amazing is going to happen in 2020, but this year, God still has something in store for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You go ahead and grab your seats. It's so exciting. The House of Hope is underway. It'll be here early 2020 in January. Pretty amazing. And we're ending a season the end of this season we've called Pioneers. How many have enjoyed Pioneers? I've loved Pioneers. We've been talking about next is now. Everything that God wants to do next, it starts right now. There is a process in, to our progress. That The people are the promised land. That we believe that everything we do as a church, yes, God does great things for us, but everything we're called to do actually has an end goal of impacting the lives of people that are all around us. Uh, and I love the fact that in this season, uh, these last really two months or so that we've been in Pioneers, um, we've seen 485 people say yes to Jesus. Come on, how good is our God? That's amazing. And definitely the, the promised land for many people, that relationship with Christ, that grace from God has been reached. It's pretty amazing. The last few times I've been up here and last times I've, I've spoken to you, uh, they kind of all had a, a theme. I, I had This Is My House, which is about taking ownership of the mission of Jesus through this church. Uh, right before we got ready for that Heart for the House offering. And then I had, this is my place. You understanding that taking ownership of the people that are around you, your influence, your relationships, why you are here on the earth. And I want to speak today from Joshua chapter 24. Uh, This is the end of the pioneering journey for God's people. Uh, Out of the exodus of Egypt, through the wilderness, into their promised place, and now the, the, the people are being established in the promised land. The battles are won. The walls have fallen down. They, they, they made their way through, and the wilderness is over. And Joshua says to God's people in Joshua 24, 28, so Joshua sent the people away, everyone unto their inheritance. I want to speak as we close out this amazing series, this amazing season, on this is my portion. This is my house. This is my place. This is my portion. Taking ownership of the inheritance that we have in Christ. Everything that he has for you that you would understand, that's for me to receive. Yes, some things take time. They take testing. We'll look at that today. But there are some things that Jesus can do right now in your life, in your inside world, when you understand that he is your portion. Let's join in prayer. Come on, join me in Plaza Location, North Location. Let's pray. Lord, God, we love you. We are grateful to be your sons and your daughters. We're thankful that we don't have to fight for our place in your family, but we receive it by grace. 
And yet when we receive our salvation, there is so much more for us in Christ. So Lord, I thank you that you open up the eyes of our understanding, open up our heart to really grab a hold of what you are saying to us of all that we have in Jesus. For those that have been weary in the battle that they've been fighting, maybe they feel stuck in the wilderness, Lord, I thank you, you are gonna release them unto their inheritance, that they would know their portion in Christ. In Jesus' name, a faithful church said, amen, amen, amen. amen. It was late May 2000, in the year 2000, and I was sweating it out. I I looked up at the clock, it was my last class of high school, and uh, it was 2.47, I had 13 minutes left. Now everyone else was celebrating, I was just ready to get on out of there. Anyone else finished their high school like that? I was ready for that season to be over. And like Zach Morris, I was trying to be saved by the bell. Maybe a little bit more like Screech, but anyways, I couldn't wait. No more alarms. Like, I went to private school. No more uniforms. No more homework. It was summer, summer, summertime, and I was excited for my freedom. I couldn't wait to move on to what God had for my life. I just was ready to be done with that season. And in the same way, in Joshua 24, this great Exodus story is coming to its end, where they were once slaves and bound in their yesterday. They had a 40-year journey and five years of fighting and battles before they were finally released. Class dismissed, Joshua says, each and every one of them unto their own promised place. You know, Joshua's name in Hebrew is Yehoshua, which means God saved. Shortened version of that is Yeshua, which in the Greek is the name of Jesus. Joshua was a great general that, that through trial and testing of the wilderness took God's people into their promised land. Now we know Jesus, the Son of God, has won the battle once and for all so that you and me, there's some things that we don't have to fight for anymore. We can just inherit. We can just receive And God now, through Christ, brings those promises to us. Listen, there is an inheritance for you. Jesus is your portion, and he is more than enough. To receive an inheritance means it's a passing to an heir, something that you receive based upon your family's success or significance. Some of you are gonna be around the Thanksgiving dinner this next week on Thursday, and your great aunt will be there, and you cannot wait for her to pass on to glory so that you finally can pay off your student loans. You know what I'm talking about? You're, you're excited, and you love her, and you're ready for her to spend her rest of eternity with Jesus because there's an inheritance waiting. The truth is that Jesus already died to bring us into this family into a promised land. Now, we might not see it in every area of our outside world, but we can live from a place that Jesus is my portion on the the inside. You have a divine portion, not based upon what you have done, but based upon what Jesus has already done for you. When Jesus died for your sins, he made you right with God. That's what our faith is in. But he also made you sons and daughters of God. And you have a grace on your life. There's a, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's your portion. 
There's a God that we can proclaim will provide for all of our needs according to the glories and riches that are in Christ. There's some things that we can have that can order our inside world. And when you get your inside world in order, it is not long before you start to see the promised land appearing right in front of you. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 6, don't become spiritually dull or indifferent. Otherwise, don't be lazy. Instead, you have to follow the example. You have to imitate the pioneers, those that went before, those who are going to inherit God's promises because of what? Their faith and endurance. It's trust in God. And there's some testing. There's some, there's some time. In fact, most great things from God require some time and some testing. Some things that you have to allow God to work out of you. Get the Egypt out of your life so that you can go and be released into your inheritance, into what God has for you in this season, in this significance. In Psalms 102, verse 13, it says, God, you will arise and have compassion on Zion. You're going to have compassion on your people for the, it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Time. The Bible says we don't understand time quite like God who is outside of time and yet in our time as well. We think God is late sometimes, but the Bible says he's always on time. He's, he, he, he doesn't have to rush to get something done. And he allows sometimes there to be a distance between the promise and, and the provision of the promised land, between what you've been will receive in Christ and seeing it happen in your world and in your life. And it's in that season, which we could go ahead and call wilderness time, where God does some of his greatest work in us, ultimately because he's going to do a greater work through us. Time in our Greek New Testament normally breaks down into two words. There's chronos, that word. is time like we know it. It's seconds and minutes and hours and days, weeks and months and years. It's actual time. And yet there's another word for time called kairos. Kairos is a God-appointed time, God-opportune time, a God-moment for you. It's the time when heaven meets earth. And because of what Jesus has done, the great pioneer that went before us, I just want to tell you, church, that you have a portion, and your time is right now. Your time is right now. Now, I'm not telling you that everything is going to happen immediately. But I do believe even this message is a Kairos moment for you, a God, heaven meets earth opportunity for you to receive on the inside everything that Jesus wants you to inherit. Because of Jesus, it's your time. There's an inheritance for you. There's a time for your peace. In the midst of holiday season, you can have peace. Amidst around your family that you might be frustrated with, you can have the Kairos moment of forgiveness. Maybe even reconciliation. It's your time for that. It's your time for fulfillment. To quit feeling like life is futile and it doesn't make a difference, but to understand that it is your time to inherit something, your portion, that is enough. Jesus proclaimed once and for all, hey, there's some things in your life, class dismissed. I am releasing you into the fullness of your inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes, in him. We have obtained an inheritance. It's really saying you've been adopted in to God's family. I love how the next few verses read from the message paraphrase. It's in Christ that you once heard the truth and believed it. This message of our salvation found yourselves, I love this, home free, signed, sealed, 
and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet, this promise from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. What is that? It's a praising and glorious life. I know someone is receiving the full portion of what Jesus has for them. That in the midst of adversity, they're still living a praising and glorious life. That's something that can only happen on your inside. The inheritance for your life you might not see it in everything outwardly, but it starts in your inside world of understanding who you are, and here's the key words, in Christ. What has he already brought you into? What does he have for you? And then you might find yourself in the midst of a wilderness, and that's okay. We all go through those seasons in life, but those seasons are not there forever. But what God will build in you and reveal to you in that season, when you begin to trust in his promises, you'll understand that his portion is enough. He's been so good to you and he's not done. According to Ephesians, he's not done yet. You've received just a part of all that he wants. The first installment on all that is coming. If you're taking notes, why don't you write this down? My, my portion is a promise. I've got to understand, I've got to hold it in here before I can walk out there. I've got to see it on the inside, believe it in my heart before it becomes a reality in my life. Your portion starts on the inside. And until you can hold a promise in here, you'll never see the fullness, the inheritance, the portion of what God has for your outside world. Uh, the, the story, the Exodus story, has two real heroes in it. After Moses, it's these Caleb and, and Joshua, two of the 12 spies. Of course, we've already mentioned Joshua, the general, but there's also Caleb. And Caleb, they were the two that said, yeah, the land is amazing, and no one disagreed with that. And the giants are real, the cities are fortified, but hey, God who brought us this far will see us all the way through. Unfortunately for the people of Israel, they didn't listen to the voice of the minority, they listened to the majority. The other 10 spies said, yes, the land is great, and yes, there are cities, but we don't believe God can do what he said he could do. Let your life never be dictated by the voice of a negative majority. The world we live in is filled with a negative majority, saying that, yeah, yeah, God is good, but you're not gonna see his goodness. Yeah, life uh, with God is great, but your life will not be great. Never listen to that voice of the negative majority, except Caleb, 40 years later, and I don't have time to go into it today, but in Joshua 14, he says, hey, I'm just as strong now at 85 as I was at 40 when I first believed. In other words, I've held onto this promise, and although there's been a lot of time and a lot of battles, I'm not weary. I've actually gotten better over time. And he goes on to say, hey, this is my portion, my inheritance. Go ahead and give me my mountain. I'm ready to fight for it. I'm not afraid. Yes, it's been a long time. See, the, here's what you need to understand. Before Caleb and Joshua were ever in their inheritance, their inheritance was in them. Before they ever were walking in the promised land, they had the promise he sealed in their hearts. And it wasn't based upon their their, their gift in this in battle or in leadership, it was based upon their understanding of God's goodness, that he tells the truth, that he keeps his promises. See, your portion is a promise. You've got to learn to hold it on the inside before you ever walk in it on the outside. The inheritance was in Caleb and Joshua before they were in the inheritance. 
And God took his people out of Egypt. What that represents is slavery and sin. To us, that would represent a salvation that we're no longer bound to our yesterday. And then he takes them through a wilderness. Could God have just magically taken them through? Of course. Could God have had made that 11-day journey be just 11 days? Of course. But he allowed them to go to the wilderness, ultimately, not just to get them in the promised land, but also to get the Egypt out of them. And then he takes them into that promised place, the place of Canaan, the milk and honey, the place of significance. But he did it by giving them a promise and see if they would follow. Unfortunately, for one generation, they didn't. They went negative. They thought, yeah, God was good. We're glad to not be slaves anymore, but we're not going anywhere. And many of you, you live your life in that exact same place. Let me tell you, the spirit of the pioneer says, I might not know how I'm going to get there or how I'm going to get through, but God has brought me this far already. And I understand his character. I understand who he is enough to know that I can hold on to that promise. And listen, at least this has been my story. It always takes longer than I thought, and it definitely takes longer than I want. And yet normally, in fact, every time, It's more significant than I know. And the greater work isn't what I get to walk in. It's what's established in my inside world. Some of you are still living in the wilderness. Why are you still there? If Jesus has released you into your portion, grab a hold of that promise on the inside. Now, yeah, your marriage might not be working the way you want yet, but you can hold on to that promise. That God's going to work in you and things are going to work out. Your peace might not be lasting right now, but guess what? You're choosing to stay in the wilderness. Jesus said, I'll give you, if you learn to pray and give me everything, I'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's your inheritance. That's your portion. Some of you only have a happiness that is circumstantial instead of a joy that is lasting. That's because you're just looking with your natural eyes and you're not seeing by faith how good God actually is. The wilderness, you don't sow seeds. You don't build homes. You can't survive there. You can't thrive there. You can only survive. And many of that's exactly where you're at. Maybe not in every area of your life, but in one area of your life. You're still in the wilderness. Instead of being released into full portion and promise that Jesus has for you. The wilderness is uncultivated ground. It is not fruitful. In fact, God had to meet their needs every day with a miracle just to sustain him in that place. For some of you, that's like living paycheck to paycheck. Some of you, that's like, like only having a good day when someone says something nice to you. In other words, you have to have fruit from someone else. You have to have provision from someone else, and you never learn to plant your own seeds. That's a telltale sign that you're living in a wilderness. For the Hebrews, the wilderness had a temptation part to it, to go back to where they came from. And some of you, because you've never received the full portion of who you are in Christ as a son and a daughter of a good king, a son and daughter of a perfect father. You've never planted, you've never sown, you've never stepped in and secured all that he has for you. And so that's why you keep sliding back into your Egypt. Keep going back into who you used to be. In this wilderness, there is a faith testing and it's something for you to pass And if we don't pass, we stay stuck. But listen, every wilderness has a promised land. You have a wilderness in your relationship, a wilderness and maybe even your own worth of what you think about yourself. You have a a wilderness in, in your family, a wilderness in your finances. Listen, every wilderness is there to lead you to a promised 
land. Every one of us has a wilderness season. Don't waste your wilderness. And don't waste away in your wilderness. What could God be trying to teach you, to show you, to grow you, to pull out of you, to push you into? Your wilderness is there for a purpose. And if you don't learn to trust God in here and understand your portion starts with the promise, then you'll never see God fulfill the things out there. Listen, God did not bring you out of your yesterday to leave you stuck in today. He has a tomorrow. He has a purpose. He has a plan. There is a portion for you, and your portion might be right in front of you. You got to learn to get that doubt and unbelief, that frustration and that fear. Quit looking through those lenses and start getting your faith back. Start getting an expectation back. Start getting your excitement back. And just take ownership. Because if it's an inheritance, it means it is going to belong to you. It is yours now, even though you haven't received it. But I love what it said in Ephesians. It's the beginning. It's the first part the first installment, and it will be signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. It's yours. Jesus, in his kind of beginning of separation from being a normal, well, you know, nothing about him was normal, but in the eyes of everyone around him, he kind of had a normal life for 30 years. For 30 years. And yet, after his baptism, baptism moment with John the Baptist, he comes out of the water, and the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, and the voice of God booms out and says, hey, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I love this. I've said this before, but Jesus hadn't done a miracle yet. Jesus hadn't preached yet, hadn't healed yet, hadn't gone to the cross yet. And he starts his new life, if you will, his ministry life from a place of affirmation from the father that says, you're my son. Do you know when you give your life to Jesus, you're walking out of your Egypt God has already said to you, you're my daughter. I am well pleased with you. You're my son. I think highly of you. You get my inheritance and my, you get the first part now, but I will deliver on the rest. And yet, just like Jesus, from that moment of salvation out of Egypt, we do walk into a wilderness. In fact, the gospel stories, accounts all kind of tell the same thing as he comes out of the water there's that amazing moment of affirmation in Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. How many know that doesn't sound very fun? 40 days without food. One gospel account says there were wild animals out there. And to be tempted by the devil. Mark's gospel says at once the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus comes out of this amazing moment, out of the ordinary into his purpose, and there's the Holy Spirit rolling up. Beep, beep. Hop on in, Jesus. I'm driving you to the wilderness. I'm taking you into a solitude place, not to break you down, but to reveal your need for me, to reveal what's on your inside world, to establish some things in order so that you can walk in the full promise as the Messiah, the promised one, so that you can get your portion established in your, in your heart. My wilderness, your wilderness, it is a pathway to promotion. Every single time, it is a pathway to God promotion. 
And God leads us to tough places. Ultimately, listen, I think this. I've seen it more often than not in my own life and the life of the people in our church and my friends and my family. Every time you're in a major season where things are being stripped away, it's normally the, two things. It's either the enemy trying to stop you because he knows something significant is on the horizon or more often than not, it's God preparing you to sustain you for the next season of what he has for you. And so when you're in your wilderness, it might be frustrating, but don't allow it to steal your faith. There is always a promised land, and the wilderness is normally the pathway to promotion. God takes us to tough places to get us to our next place. And don't have to walk through, only Jesus had to go through his wilderness alone. This is the beauty of church family, that you never have to walk alone through what you're facing. You, you never have to be by yourself. There's voices of encouragement. In fact, the answer to your prayer might actually be in this room. It might be on the plaza with you right now of someone else's encouragement or help or connection. This is why you, you belong in church. This is why we need to be a part of a spiritual family. We have next, it's a two-week journey after every single service. Today is equipped to equip you into your calling and to your God-given purpose. And some of you, you're gonna stay stuck in the wilderness until you grab a hold of the beauty of community and what God does in our lives together. The wilderness has a reward. That's why you can actually be encouraged. The book of James says, hey, count it all joy when you're coming up against a wilderness or a trial or a testing. It's gonna produce something glorious. In Luke 4, after Jesus exits his wilderness story, it says he returned to Galilee. In other words, he came back home filled with the Holy Spirit's power and reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. You might be in the wilderness right now, but let me tell you, you're going to get through it. And you're going to come through it better on the inside than you were going into it. And guess what? There's about ready to be a new report about you. The news about you is about ready to change. Your report card of yesterday might have read failure, but your new report is God is faithful. Your old report might be that you didn't have what it takes to fulfill the dream, but now you understand if God called me to it, he will see me through it. I got a new report happening in my life. In the pioneer story in Exodus, Joshua told them outside the promised land, hey, this is some things that we need to do. We need to get this done. We need to hold on to this. There's some things God's asking of you to get through a wilderness season. It says in Deuteronomy 8, hey, be careful to follow every command I am giving to you today. So, that, so in other words, listen today so that in tomorrow you might have your portion, your inheritance. I'm giving you today so that you may live in an increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord has promised on an oath to your ancestors. Hey, remember, sometimes you get through the problems of today by remembering the faithfulness of God yesterday. Remember how God, the Lord your God, led you all the way to the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. God is always interested in what's going on in your inside world. As the wilderness is there, it humbles you and it tests you to see what's really going on the inside, whether or not you would keep his commands. Verse three says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that you don't really live on bread. All the keto friendly people are like, amen. 
but at every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. I love this part. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Pregnant women, you grab a hold of that promise right there. <laughs> when God took you out of your Egypt, why did he lead you into the wilderness for testing? Ultimately, for growth. Through, so why? You could sustain the inheritance that he wanted to bring. You would have a story of his faithfulness to anchor yourself to. Humbling seasons are not there to hurt you. They're there to help you. They're actually there to promote you. In 1 Peter 5, 6, he says, go ahead and humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And in the right time, he's going to lift you up. There's that word kairos again. That there will be a God-ordained moment and time that he will lift you up to that which he's promised you, that which is your portion. Proverbs 15 teaches us that humility always precedes honor. The humility in the wilderness always comes before walking in the promise. I thought it was interesting that the end of that passage, it talks about how their, their clothes didn't wear out and their, like their, their shoes didn't wear out. I mean, you know, that, that, I could use that. My sneakers get worn out real quick, start looking all dusty. I could use that with my kids. They are growing out of clothes like crazy. And I don't know how it all happened. I don't know if the clothes grew with them supernaturally. I just know that God sustained him in that place. Like right now, Graham, he's growing so quickly. In fact, we just bought him some, some, some jammies. It's short for pajamas. It's a Hebrew word. Jammies. <laughs> and it's funny, like one wash later, and all of a sudden, it's like, ba-bow, belly shirt on this kid. Because he's just growing so quickly. Now, I'm wearing like a 32, okay, tell the truth, in church, 33 right now. Make a little extra space for Thanksgiving dinner coming up. But how silly would it look if I tried to wear Graham's clothes? Like, I've been a believer since I was a little kid. I've been sold out to Jesus since like 2002, 2001. And, and yet, how, how weird would it be if I was still wearing the same things, naturally speaking, that I had back then? And some of you are still wearing and carrying the clothes, the baggage, and the pain of your Egypt. That when you truly understand that you are an heir, that you have a promise, that you have a portion, you can get rid of who you used to be, what was said about you, even what you did in your yesterday that might be true about you. Because of the cross, it's been canceled out. That's not who you are in Christ anymore. You can take off the opinions of people. You can take off that hunger and thirst for the approval of your parents. You can take off the rejection of your yesterday. You can take off the broken relationships and maybe even you caused them, but you don't have to wear that anymore. You're walking in a new portion, a new promise. It says in Isaiah 61, this is the Jesus prophecy that Jesus reads when he starts his ministry there and and it says, he will give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of that spirit of heaviness or despair. He wants to clothe you in something new. Every single testing you're in, there is a blessing on the other side of it. There's a blessing. If you learn to see it as an opportunity to have more of the portion, more of the promise, more of what God's trying to do in you, then you'll, you'll, be, you'll be built to last. That's why they test cars. 
They, they, they see, they, they, they take it on a, a test and they, they push it to the limits to see what it's going to break down. Is it going to be safe? Is it going to be reliable? To see what mal, malfunctions might be present. Why? So it can be safe and secure for the long run, for longevity. It's the same way what God tests us. Allows us to go through things. Allows us to face some wilderness seasons. He wants to see, hey, can I get their heart right? Can they trust me when it's not fun? Can they believe that, that they will belong in that place, that portion, that promise, even when they can't see it? I, I might push it a little bit to the limit. It's going to be really humbling, in other words. But it's what I do in that season that prepares them for the longevity of all that I promised them for. Joshua 21, verse 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Just he had sworn to them. He made a promise to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. I do not know the timing. I do not know the release. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through. But I will tell you this. God who was faithful to the Israelites, to the Hebrews back then, is the same God. And yet we've got a new portion. We've got a new portion. We've got Jesus. They had Joshua, and Joshua was great, but he's no Jesus. Joshua was a great leader, but Jesus, oh, he's the perfect king. He's the perfect Lord. In Joshua chapter 3, they get in. They start walking through the Jordan River. And they do it by following the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, Joshua is really interesting. He says, hey, don't, don't follow the priest carrying it. He says, follow it. In other words, they followed that covenant that was a representation of God's faithfulness to them, their story so far. In the same way, if you're going to walk into the fullness of your portion, in the fullness of your promises, you're pioneering the calling of God and the purpose of heaven for your life, you've got to keep your eyes on the covenant. The eyes on the covenant. And he's going to take time. You can be at peace. Guess what? Your portion is progressive. He takes you step by step, piece by piece. In Egypt, it was not enough. In the wilderness, it was just enough. But in the promised land, it's more than enough. He takes you in development to build you from the inside out. And ultimately, you keep your eyes on the covenant. And to me, it speaks this, and I'm done after this, that my, my portion is a person. I've got something that even the Hebrews and all their victories in battle didn't have. I don't have to fight for this land. I can just receive it. I have it as a gift through Christ. My portion is a person, and if I have Jesus, I have everything I need to be all that I'm called to be. And no matter what I'm facing or the resistance against me, if I just keep my eyes on him, I will get through everything God's called me to. Psalm 16, verse 5, the Lord, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing, and you will guard you will watch over. You will protect all that is mine. All that is mine. Some of you have never received that cup. Some of you have never received Jesus. You're still trying to fight for your life in your own 
ability. Even as believers, many of us, we're still trying to earn everything. And yes, there's time and testing to everything that God does that's, that's worth it. That you might be facing, but it all starts with saying, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to receive my, my portion. It's Jesus. If I have him, I have enough. And if I have enough in him, he's going to lead me to even more. More favor, more fulfillment, more peace, more joy. That is your portion. We take a moment, pause. Why don't you join us? I just want to take a moment of surrender to give our lives over to Jesus, to receive that gift of the covenant in just a few moments. We're also going to receive communion together. As we close out this season, I believe God's going to do something in our natural taking of communion, of remembrance. He's going to do a supernatural work on the inside of some of you. It's there for you if you want it in receiving of that covenant receiving of that relationship in the depth that he desires to have with you. Plaza and North, why don't we just bow our heads right now just to give a moment of surrender to Jesus right where you're at. God sees you and he loves you and he's already made a way for him to be everything in your life. And yet if Jesus isn't first in your life, I, 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 I truly believe he's not there at all because he's Lord and King and he can only live in that place. And so if we've exalted something else over who Jesus is, as King, as, as Savior, they were missing out on this beautiful new life, this life of salvation, and you're still in Egypt. It's time to come out. There's a promise for you to forgive your sins. There's a promise of heaven for you to heal your heart. There's a promise from God for you to take you in to a lasting life that is significant, not just in eternity, but also in the here and now. On the plaza, up here at North, if you need a fresh start with Jesus, if you need to receive the fullness of who he is, maybe for the very first time, give your heart to him. We're gonna pray one big prayer all together, both locations together, everyone in the room together, to stand with you in this moment of surrender to Jesus. Don't miss this opportunity. You do not have to live a slave to your yesterday anymore. You can live as a son or a daughter of God with no one looking around I'm not gonna single you out at all. I just wanna know who I'm praying with. Even on the plaza, we'd love to just account you in this moment of decision. If you say here today, hey, Pastor Kyle, I need a fresh start with Jesus. Or Pastor Kyle, I've never given my life over to Jesus. Let today be the day of your new beginning. Your yesterday has been settled at the cross and your future is secure in Christ. If you're here and you need a fresh start with Jesus, if you're on the plaza, we just lift up your hands. Hey, Pastor Kyle, that's me, that's me. I see one hand up here. There's two of you, three of you. So proud of every one of you. That's awesome. I might have missed your hand. I might have missed you on the plaza, but God sees your heart. Can we pray together all together as one big family of faith? Say this with me. You can say it with a smile on your face. Say, dear God, I believe you are good. I was far from you, but you saved me. You sent Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. He died for me, took my sin, buried my shame, rose from the grave so I can have a new life. I give you my whole heart. I give you my attention. You go first. I receive your grace and I'm following you. From this day on, make all things new in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Plaza. Come on, North, let's celebrate. That's awesome. We're going to distribute the elements to receive communion as we 
exit this season of pioneers. We're going to step into all that God has for us between now and the new year. I believe he's got something phenomenal for every one of you. And maybe for you today, it's just a reminder. Maybe for you today, it's a revelation of all that Jesus wants to be. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, it says the amen is spoken by us. In other words, Jesus has already said yes to every promise of God for you. But amen means so be it. It means yes. We've got to answer back with yes, I believe it to be so. I don't know what promise you've been holding on to. I don't know what portion you've been believing for. I don't know what you believe that God has called you to, what your inheritance might be. But Jesus at the cross has already said yes to every promise for you. But we got to respond back with a resounding amen. Let it be in our life. And I believe as we take this beautiful moment of communion, that it's just a reminder to us to keep our eyes on our portion. It's our person. It's Jesus. If we have him, we have what we need to be all that we are called to be. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 22 at that last supper, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is going to be poured out for you. It's a new and lasting covenant. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by his grace. We put our faith in him and he who promised and he who started is faithful to bring it to pass. He's faithful to complete it. On the Plaza North, can we just hold up the bread for a moment? I want to pray. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful gift of your life, Jesus. And just like you told us to do, when we gather together, let's never forget what you've done. We might not see it all happening in our outside world, but we're anchoring to the promise and we have hope in our inside world. Knowing your character, you are faithful. You're faithful to complete what you started. And at the cross, you have completed the payment for all of our sin and all of our shame. And when you broke bread with your disciples, with your friends, you said, this is like my body that's been broken for you. Lord, thank you for the fact that you went through that breaking so we could be restored. Lord, I pray a restoration in the inside world and the outside world of everyone a part of Hillsong Church here in Kansas City, that we would grab a hold of the beautiful covenant that we have because what you have already done for us. Let's receive together of the bread. Jesus said, this cup, it's a covenant. It's covenant. It's not a word we use all that often. It's more than a contract. It's a spiritual, like, binding agreement that both parties say, hey, I'm all in. The beauty about that for us is when there's been seasons when we've been halfway or going the wrong way, God says, even when you're not faithful, I remain faithful. Because some of you in your mind and in your hearts right now, you're thinking, okay, this was inspirational's message. Now I've got to get some things in order. I've got to get some things done, and then I can see all that God has for me. But that's not the agreement of the covenant. God already says, no, I've made, I've made a way that you can never make for yourself. What you have to do is just receive it. Receive of the cup. Receive of the covenant. And things will begin to change in your inside world that will then change in your outside world. Let's hold up the cup. Jesus, we thank you for your offering and sacrifice of your life. We thank you that as we end this season of pioneers, that spirit 
that spirit of pursuing all that you have for our future as a church and in our city and for our own families and our own lives. We think that that still resonates. And Lord, I thank you that as we complete this season, you're going to complete some things in our life. I thank you that doubt and discouragement, fear and anxiety, those things have to go right now because we have a covenant in you, covenant with you, and you are faithful that you would give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. You'd give us a joy that's unshakable. You would build our lives on your truth and we would last, not just through storms, but there'd be something glorious on the horizon. Jesus, we thank you that our portion is you and you are more than enough. Seal this in our hearts by faith as we receive of this cup. You may take of the cup. At both locations, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to take a time to worship just to seal this season that we've been in and step into this new one that's right in front of us. I don't know what you need God to do, but I do know this. He wants to do it. He wants to show up. You're his son. You're his daughter. And in you, he is well pleased, not based upon your performance, but based upon his perfection. So we're going to take just a few moments at both locations, and we're going to worship God. I encourage you to worship him as if the answer is already yes. It's already been fulfilled. They've already received the blessing, the healing, the inheritance, the portion that he has for you. And let's lift up our hearts to the one who cares about everything you are facing. And the final word on this series is this. He who promised is always faithful. He is a faithful God. He's a faithful king. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, church, let's worship him with all of our hearts.